0: Hi, love. This is Dawn, and you're listening to Dear Divorce Diary with my coach, Dawn, where we explore the post-divorce life and you, the woman who lives it. We cover everything from trauma during and after divorce to feeling like a stranger in your own life and the new frontier of life as a single woman. Cozy in for the conversations you've been longing to have about this new life. Hey, love. Welcome back. Today, we are tackling the topic of letting go. And oh, man, is this one hard and complicated, but we can handle it. And I'm going to break it down for you today so that as we talk about it, you can laser in on the part that you need extra support with. Because sometimes, you know, it's just that little nudge. That helps us get to the next breakthrough and shedding. And those moments are so delicious. So let's chat. I've got my cup of tea. My candle is lit. I am cozy. How about you? If I were going to break letting go down into more bite-sized bits, I would break it down into two main ideas. And one is kind of obvious. It's about grief. So much of the process of letting go is grieving your losses. And that's not a new concept, but a lot of times we have a hard time navigating grief because it's overwhelming and because it's naturally a lower energy state. And so it seems kind of like a crazy juxtaposition or like one of life's great ironies that while you're grieving and in this low energy state, you're simultaneously figuring out where to live, how to pay your bills, how to separate your finances, how to not stab your ex in the eye, You know, name it, right? Like how to fix the toilet and um, what to do with your last name and, you know, like all the freaking things. Not to mention if you're now like single parenting, you know, it's like you need more energy than ever at a time where you're being literally called to grieve. And that's sometimes why letting go is so hard. Like that is it it's like a crazy math problem that doesn't have a clear solution and so you're called to grieve in the moments where it comes right like those shower floor crying sessions and those you know late night can't sleep stop trying so hard to sleep and instead grab your journal because that's grief begging for your attention in the dark quiet moments it's the looking for places where you can be fully seen, heard, and understood in this grief process. You know, this is one of the things that the women in in my membership community say to me is that in our sessions, it's a place where they can be fully seen. You know, when you're going through a divorce, it's like, the moms at school get to see this part of you and maybe your therapist sees that part of you and then at work, they see this part of you and your kids, you can say so much too about the divorce, but not all of it. And then your friends, right? You can vent for so long, but if they're not divorced or going through a divorce, then at some point they're kind of like, okay, um, let's set you up with someone, you know? It's like, where can you like show all of it to someone? And that's what the women in my membership talk a lot about where it's such a safe place to grieve and talk about where all of those things are affected by your grief and and the transformation from sleeping next to someone to fixing your own toilet like that's a lot of shedding and there's going to be resentment in there there's going to be did I do enough in there there's going to be this straddling of worlds that is just awkward. You know, I, I was chatting with a mom from a mom's group uh, yesterday, in fact, and just found out that she's moving. And she was like, but I'm still going to be working here, so maybe we could do lunch, right? And I heard that as, well, of course she wants to do lunch with me. But let's be honest, when you're moving to a whole different town, like, Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but I heard that as her figuring out how to straddle two worlds. Well, she's leaving a world that she loves and excited for her new world, but she's not anchored there yet. And I think that's probably a lot of where you are. You, There's a lot about the old world, your old life that you don't want to leave. You're not anchored in the new way and you're straddling. And that's an awkward space to be and that's grief and I wish I could hug you (laughs) and I wish that I could carve out enough time for you to just be able to cry it all out at once so it could be done and and let's be honest a lot of times in this space we we call out we cry out why why am I in this space this was not the plan and love I don't know why you were called to this trial, but I believe on a very deep level that your soul was called to move through this experience for some reason. And I don't know what that reason is, but I believe that you're called to discover what that reason is. And I believe that that's part of why you're here is because you're searching for meaning in all of this pain. And that is also part of grief. It's part of the discovery as you're coming through grief, shedding and realizing the new fresh skin that's there and discovering that. That's the grief aspect of letting go. Now somewhere in there, someone is going to say something about forgiveness. But do I need to forgive as a part of grief? And there are a lot of people that are going to tell you that you do. And I want you to know that forgiveness is noble and it is a worthy cause, but I am not telling you to bother with forgiveness right now. I am not dismissing its value or its importance at some point in your life. But I think that the more noble cause right now is to find some acceptance of your new life, of your new quest, finding a way to accept things how they are versus how you think they should be. Because that's just your mind chattering at you with a bunch of thoughts that are not true. I should be this, this should be that, he should be this, they should be that, right? That's a bunch of mind chatter and it's not real but you're believing it and it's fueling your resentment and it's fueling pain that is not grief. It's a distraction from grief because grief is just sad. It's so sad. But forgiveness can often be a distraction from the grief process. And that's because it's complicated. <laughs> and a lot of times we're n- we don't know how to do it, and I'm going to get into it a little bit more when I talk about the other aspect of letting go. But I want you to sideline forgiveness for a minute or consider it, right, in exchange for acceptance. Acceptance is just like how things are is how things are and they shouldn't be different than they are because they are this way. This is now. This is where now is. This is how now is and I'm gonna stop trying to fight with that. I'm gonna stop trying to get him to be different. I'm gonna stop trying to get my finances to be different than they are in this moment. Right? Meaning, overspending is pretending things are different than they are. Um, being on the dating apps is pretending things are different than they are. If it's too soon, right? Like if you haven't grieved this loss, it's like it's it's arguing with reality, which is just sad. The next thing that I would talk about in the realm of letting go is your attachment style and this has become a fantastic new thing that the world of psychology and mental health is looking at and I love it because I think how our attachment style and how we relate to people in relationship is really at the core of a lot of our pain and suffering. And so if you can come to have a deeper understanding of your attachment style and you can work to create a more secure way of attaching to other humans, oh man, love, is there a whole world out there waiting for you where there's just less pain and more ease and less anxiety and less self-loathing? and less angst about, does he like me? Does he not like me? Does she like me? You know, like when you're making new friends, like, oh my goodness, what did they think about me? I want them to like me and all of this nonsense. So letting go an attachment, what do they have to do with one another? Well, most of us, well, all of us, when picking a partner, getting married, picked from this unconscious place of how we relate to our parents. And I've never encountered a divorce where the the people weren't being called to have a deeper understanding of their childhood self and how they give and receive love. And so let me say that again. (laughs) This divorce is calling you to have a deeper understanding of your childhood self and how you give and receive love now there are a lot of different ways of relating to how we give and receive love when we're talking about attachment styles if I'm gonna oversimplify it there's an avoidant attachment style which is getting too close to you hurts too much so I'm gonna kind of keep you at arm's length and not be super emotionally available because To lose someone or something I love would be way too painful. I learned that early on and so I'm going to kind of shut that down and I'm going to keep you at arm's length through various ways. The other, again, oversimplified way is an anxious attachment style, which is I am terrified to lose you. Therefore, I'm going to keep you close all the time and constantly seek You to be near. I'm going to people please and I'm going to experience a lot of anxiety when there's separation and it's very, very hard to be alone. Now, there are a lot of shades of gray in those two that avoidant and that anxious style. A lot of shades of gray in between and amongst those things. But when it comes to letting go of this marriage and this person, what I want you to consider is how who you were as a child and how your parents related to you, how they loved you and how you experienced that love is part of why it's hard for you to let go because there's unresolved work there. There's unresolved healing around how your parents loved you. I I am nearly sure they loved you deeply, but they may not have loved you well. That's two different things, Right? They may love you, but not know how to be close. They may love you, but not know how to know you deeply. They may love you, but not know how to let you separate, right? Have your own identity, have your own way, have your own opinions. And so all of these ways of relating to our children and to our parents shape how we pick a partner. And so If you don't realize you have unresolved anxieties or resentments or griefs from your childhood experiences, guess what, love? This marriage and its ending is where that is being worked out. And so part of why you keep rehearsing power struggle and rehearsing resentment and rehearsing did I do enough in this marriage is because there are places that you have not yet accepted in your childhood. And you are being called to heal that. And what's in it for you to heal all of that? Well, when once we find acceptance and love and healing and how we related in our childhoods, all of a sudden, all we're left with is some grief with this marriage. And now, now we feel worthy. And now you are free to pick a new partner who's solid and who wants to know you deeply and wants to love you well and wants to really see you for who you are and accept you warts and all. And that, my friend, is the best feeling in the world. That is a secure place and a soft place to land and a strong backing on the hard days. Like That is a place where you want to spend the rest of your days. And so the whole point of this thing that you're being called to, to let go to heal from then and now is so that you can find a place where there is not suffering. Yes, there's stress, right? Like life is always going to be stressful. There's day to day stressors, like, you know, things break, money flows, people hurt, you know, like your kids are going to do things, your parents are going to age, like, you know, life is stressful, right? But but it doesn't have to be suffering. And so this, this one little podcast episode about letting go, it sounds so silly in the grand scope of it. But man, if you hear something today that helps you understand what you're truly being called to do here, and if it feels like too much, okay, I get that. It's like, all right, Dawn, you're talking about like my childhood and I'm just trying to figure out how to fix this flipping toilet. I got you, I got you. So maybe it's time to send me a message, right? And say like, this is where I am. I hear you about where I need to get, but I don't know how. And maybe I can help you get plugged into somebody who can help you. Or maybe I am that person that can help you. Or maybe you already heard a nugget that's gonna help you get to the next step. Don't focus on the big picture. Just hear the calling. Hear the calling and believe that what I'm saying is possible is possible. And ignore the mind chatter, even if it's just for a couple of moments, to take your next steps, to grieve your losses. And know that while I sit here, I am sending you so much love and that I believe in you so much. I know you can do this. And... I cannot wait to see what you bloom into because you are so beautiful, my friend. I'll see you next episode. Peace. Dear Divorce Diary is a podcast by My Coach Dawn. You can find more at mycoachdawn.com.